I'm oh. trying to decide whether it's maybe easier to score a penalty in in like adult league than because like on the one hand goalkeepers are pro- probably not that good it's probably just somebody taking a turn playing goalkeeper and the goal is so big but does that outweigh how not good everyone I, is no it, I, it is i feel it, i feel like when i when i played like full field 11 v 11 there were i saw a handful of penalties and i think they all were converted yeah you just shoot it high and yeah you, exactly. and it's, it's in because nobody has the range like yeah. right. to either dive all the way to the end of the end of the the the, the post or stay tall here's There's what i'll say no yeah. directly like usual no stutter step play. penalties <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah do you even, but like for rec leagues, do you even bother guessing? I, I think you probably You should. probably just react. Yeah, right? like, exactly. And then you don't go very far. You kind of get like that. I mean, that's, that's how you, I did you can, it. Yeah, you I, can. Like, I like didn't, I didn't guess. It was kind of just like waiting, 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 and then moving a little bit. And it still just went Just hoping in. for a reaction save. You, right. re- you, you, react, you re- react because the shot's not coming Gonna in that be, hard, right. but it's still it's still hard like, enough to exactly. beat you pretty easily. Like, or they like just kind of flub it and hit it down the middle, and then you're there for it. Yeah, right? so. kind of. On the seven-a-side pitch, though, it's like... Also, you don't even need to dive at all because it's you like... You just starfish. Yeah. Like, yeah. You just come off your line a little bit. Because they're not going to fucking check either, you know? See, that's why I feel like I'm a decent five-a-side keeper, because you kind of just make kick saves the entire time, and that's, like, enough. I just, like, when it's coming to use your hands. You gotta get get so low, though. Like, if you're playing five-a-side in a small goal, five-a-side... You have to, like, be able to... Like get really like your leg needs to kick out. Oh yeah, but like I have long legs, so I could just like poke out pretty well. Yeah, I always treat it like I've never played hockey, but I imagine very similar. Yeah, the way I play goal, like on a five aside, is is how you'd play goal. I played hockey. You're like you're basically like almost on your knees. Like you're you're that low. I played goalkeeper goalie. Kind of, yeah, yeah. you're like you can get down like like a catcher. Even. Right, like you just get down. Right, that's how I approach yeah. it. When we did that PE hockey class last semester college, I did yeah. goalie one class and I kept a clean sheet. And I just played it like it was catcher. It's called I, it's called, I loved, it's called I a shutout that. in Canada. <laughs> oh, okay. So it's uh, I caught a shutout or le shutout as government <laughs> government mandated. I say uh, for that. But <clears throat> episode two oh that was the key. I just kept I just dragged my leg against Nine. the ground and nobody lifted it, you know. This is episode two hundred nine of you from two oh two after uh, another home draw against Portland. Uh, it's the four of us, and more importantly, it's after a well-fought game for ASC Geocaster in the season finale of the most prestigious league that, you know, once the pyramid opens up, fucking LIU Brooklyn Rec League Mondays is going to be the most, like, the money's going to flow in, everyone's going to come, the fans are going to come, the sponsor's going to come. The everyone, American Conference. Yeah, everyone's going to look at it and say, wow, this is grassroots soccer and ASC Geocaster are the hardest lads in the world. It's the Wild West, where yeah. just all sorts of strange entrepreneurs are bringing clubs in and out, but we <laughs> we are the one fixture. I will say our, the refereeing in the ASC Geogaster League is miles above whatever PLS Highlight, said highlight of today, though, is that so this is our sixth game of six, last game of the regular season, and 
today the ref was like, oh, wait, no. When the ball goes out, actually, we're doing throw-ins instead of kick-ins. The did last you, game of the season. Did you hear his rationale? No, I didn't hear his full rationale. <laughs> well, apparently, like, it was his decision to do kick-ins because he was like, oh, on this field this size, we should do kick-ins, not throw-ins. And then apparently the league was just like, no, we're doing throw-ins. And was, oh, <laughs> That's yeah. awesome. Well, the, the other ref last week didn't also did kick-ins. Well, he was like... He, didn't he was like, oh, I thought this ref was throw-ins, but everyone's been telling me we've been doing kick-ins, so he just went with it. That's probably what happened. They probably had a little back <laughs> yeah. and forth. He was like, oh. Yeah. yeah. Oh, ref last he, week snitched. Well, he is, sure, he is yeah. a City fan, right? So, um, are we surprised? That's true. That's true. I honestly, you know, that's really, that's really the other opposite, the opposite pole of VAR is that the ref should show up and, you know, they have their little chats before the game. And it's, you know, it's not baseball. There's not weird ground rules. Soccer I was gonna pitch say, is basically the same I thing. was going to say it should be like baseball where each right. ref should be like, hey, this game, uh, you can do handballs. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just try it out. Let's for just once. be a little reasonable. I, you know, that I would well for gone well for me yo, today. Totally. I know what my balls. rule would be. I'd be like, if you're a keeper, you can touch the ball in any box. I don't, yeah. I don't <laughs> care which box you're in. You have the gloves on. You can touch you can the ball. Dunk it on the. If other you want to be in the other guy's <laughs> box, that's your choice. You know, it's like somebody else on your team can't touch the ball in your box, but that's the trade-off. But I would accept that level of whimsy in MLS refereeing if it if it came to it. But really, I think the main consequence of this other of the AFC Geo-Gesser game that we just finished is that uh, I exerted myself a little bit, so I might have a little bit of the the sports asthma cough throughout the, uh, mm. the episode because I've given my health and my body to the sport, much like Phil Jones. Um, but yeah. 1-1 one, one draw against the Portland Timbers at home. I wasn't able to make it. I, I watched the first half live. Caught up after the fact. Cork and Peaches, you were there. Sam, you caught it on TV, right? Yes, yes, yes. Well, well, well. What, what is there to say about this 1-1 one, one draw? Shall we, shall we start with personnel and lineup decisions? We have a five-man back line, starting where we ended, right, in the previous game. And we have uh, Dylan Nealis come in to play on the right. We have Tom Edwards shift over to play the right center back role. And this means that Lewis Morgan is playing further up the field, right? Mm -hmm. I guess, how would you describe his role on the pitch? Uh, was he like more tucked in centrally or was he just kind of further up but he, still wide? He and Lucanius were dual tens, mm -hmm. basically. Okay. Um, they... They weren't hugging out too wide. They were both, you know, kind of trying to collect the ball and combine. Um, and then, yeah, Barlow was kind of running around up top, fucking run around a bit. I thought it was interesting because it was like we had two banks of two in our midfield, um, you know, and we've, we've seen I that. don't like it. It, yeah. it makes things way too square. I mean, right. it makes passes too static. Um, but, you know, we've seen banks of two in the midfield, but it was interesting that we were doing the three in the back. Yeah. Have we seen that combination before? Banks of two with a little bit, but Omir Fernandez has usually been one of the tens, and he tends to sort of buzz around more and not really play as kind of like a facilitator or really show for the ball too much. He's he's running off a lot more mm -hmm. than Lucinius or Morgan was doing. And on he, he plays a little bit more as a forward type of player in that system, right? Too. That's yeah, that's kind oh. of what I mean. Yeah. yeah. 
And then, um, so Kosteris and Frankie anchored the midfield. Uh, another nod for Kosteris. Was was there any comment either before or after the game on on whether this is looking towards next week or Tuesday's game, tomorrow's game, the Open Cup, where Kosteris is suspended? Is that maybe why you got the start, or is there something more to it, or was there? Are we just guessing? We don't know. I mean, he has kind of gone with uh, Kasser as, as I think, just as kind of a hot hand thing, like not wanting to mess up continuity week by week ever since he stepped in for that uh, Open Cup game, I guess it was almost a month ago. And, uh, you know, I mean, as we've we've kind of discussed, I don't hate Kasser as getting an extended run in this sort of deep role. Um it's it seems I haven't looked at the stats, but it seems like kind of a double pivot thing where he mm-hmm. and Amaya are not really combining too much. They're both gathering the ball and pushing it out wide or forward once they get it, um, which I think suits Casares's game more than, you know, giving him the choice of kind of carrying it more. Um, and um, I think in this this game, you maybe saw I don't know I, Dylan Nealis has come in for a lot of the the criticism at fullback which I don't see at all or not at all but I mean I don't see it to the to the intensity or the degree that people have been uh kind of criticizing whereas I think on the other side of the field I think there might need to be a little more of a spotlight put on Tolkien for not really kind of taking what has been a season where a lot of play has fallen to him and given him a lot of opportunities to sort of, you know, show what he can do. And we're not quite seeing it, I don't think. Um, Whereas, you know, Dylan Ellis, we've talked about over the course of this season so far where he's had some disappointing games, some games where he hasn't really been able to to get around his man and really create too much offensively. But I think he's doing a better job of adjusting his game as the weeks go by and at least, you know, doing a good job of distributing and combining deep. And, you know, it's even led to some goals recently. So on the other end of the field, I think you're seeing uh, Tolkien a little, a little, uh, I think I think it's becoming a, cri- a crisis of confidence a little bit. And I, there was a moment I didn't realize until I watched the game at home. Excuse me. Again, last night that uh, Shep had actually noticed this, too. Um, and like, you know, commented on it because I had seen it from the press box right behind the bench. But Struber was kind of riding Tolkien for parts of the first half for not just playing direct more. Um mm-hmm not sending Barlow, not sending either of the tens out wide and instead, you know, just kind of pushing it back or squaring it a little bit. And it was pissing Strooper off. And, uh, you know, uh, I, I think yeah, there was, there's been the, the Conrado rumors recently. And I just think uh left back might be a spot where you see uh, the first attempt to do some mid-season engineering this year. Mm. We'll see. Yeah, I mean, I wonder if, like, that uh, crisis and aggression, you know, or, you know, his, his... I feel like his appeal to a lot of people is because he kind of plays conservative or doesn't play things that aren't too safe. So mm. I think if you're just watching the game, you're like, oh, he hasn't really made mistakes, but 
you know, like, yeah. it is kind of a mistake not to, I guess, be more aggressive when you can, especially when you're playing that wing-back role. Exactly. Compared to, like, being four in the back, which I think might just be a more suitable, like... The uh, wing-backs have to be, like, the impetus yeah, in this exactly. team a lot of the time, and then the midfielders are just kind of picking up their scraps, like... Yeah, he loves to take a touch on the ball and then, like, trap it and fully stop it. He's he's often standing over a completely stopped ball, isn't right. he? Even, you know, whether it's a set piece or in the run of play... Whereas Nealis, Dylan Nealis, moves with the ball. He takes a touch, too, like where he wants to go. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. And the only mistake, though, that I can really think of, honestly, in the last two seasons, the only real two howlers we've had as a team are, one, uh, the recent goalkeeper one against Montreal, but the other one is actually Tolkien playing that hospital ball switch uh, across right. the field the at RBA, yeah, yeah. And see, which I think is very indicative of kind of this general tendency in this game. Um, we kind of, I mean, I, at least I thought he'd grow out of it a little bit. Yeah. Right? Like it was like, oh, first kind of first year jitters almost of like, like last season, right? Where like being a little more conservative, a little wishy-washy when it came to attack the attack. Um, but yeah, we're not really seeing it. It's a little frustrating. I don't know. I think Kemar Lawrence is somebody that like had like the set set the bar for being able to attack and push up and then also come back very aggressively. Yeah, when he played for us, very important. Important. Kemar didn't really even have as much of a final ball. That wasn't really his. But he did zip up and down yes. the, the pitch and draw defenders out constantly and mm-hmm. sort of that emergency stop gap. Yeah. He created space. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's weird with Tolkien too because Tolkien does have a good left foot. He can he can ping it and he just chooses not to it's a not lot of like, time. Yeah, but it's also just not like a he good likes, cross. He, likes you know? to he can't it. cross, yeah. but, he, but he can definitely like play a long ball. Yeah, like, like, I mean, that, that's the thing. Is like, I think that's, shoot sometimes. Right, like, I think that's what, you know, what drove him, you know, potentially like playing a six earlier in his career right. Right, is that he had that kind of um yeah i mean he's just maybe plays a little bit more centrally and a little bit like deeper and has those instincts a little bit more but you know as a wing back he's just really not like bombing forward or like even making those undercuts he's always wide like i feel like sometimes if you're a wing back you have to like make that interior run too mm. right but also in the last year i mean really until lucinius got here I mean, who else was playing on the left side for us? I mean, the left, our left side has been Good sort of yeah. conservative in general the last year or so. And now that Lucanius is here, it, it seems like he's been drift, drifting centrally, which I think is good for him and good for the team. But, I mean, it does seem the left like the left side of the field that probably has the least amount of competition in the squad right now, too, where maybe a bit of healthy competition uh, could be good, like we're seeing maybe between... Nealis and Edwards and Morgan and between Drew and CCJ and Frankie, maybe a little bit of that could be good. So the, the Conrado thing makes a lot of sense. Uh, you bring up Lucinius, and I, you, you said this before, but like that, I think playing our two banks of two for the midfield really kind of neutralized his effectiveness in this game mm. in a lot of ways because he was really, really quiet, right? And that's... Yeah, he was quiet and he was also in a lot of situations where he was leading a counter and as great as he is in kind of tight spaces and stuff, he does not have breakout downfield yeah. explosive speed. He would get chased down pretty easily after the first few steps. And he always needed to look for uh, a man forward, but either they weren't there or, you know, the 
Timbers, you know, maybe just did a good job of being able to get in his way of where the runners would be. So he was constantly like when he had the ball, he either trapped it and didn't know where to go or had to to pass it back a lot. It seemed Mm. like so, you know, I think a lot of what felt like frustration in this game was because we really couldn't get Luquinhas activated. Right. It was. Yeah. I mean, because it was kind of like I commented in the last game in the uh, Chicago game that you were seeing a lot of the coordinated pressing leading to the ball falling to Lucinius's feet to start transitions. Whereas he was kind of behind the guys who were pressing in front of him. Whereas in this game, he was more one of the lead pressers and kind of running in front of the rest of the team when he would get the ball. And that's not you know, his best scenario. Which also I feel like didn't put Lewis Morgan in too much of a position to succeed in his position either. Although yeah. I felt like he was... Like he showed flares of creativity that demonstrates that he can kind of play that position, in my opinion. Um, but you know, like like you were saying, our our wing back uh, play was a little weak, uh, or not not like you were saying, but like I think it it was weaker than if someone like Lewis Morgan were uh, facilitating stuff wide. Mm-hmm. So, and this is this is sort of speculative because I wasn't able to watch the second half as much in detail as I would have liked. I mean, it sounds sounds like do we did we need or do we benefit from having three center backs? Because it sounds like we didn't end up getting the full benefit of having two wing backs on the field going forward. Um, and while Portland didn't totally bunker and was sort of active and taking chances, um, I don't know. Like, was was three at the back, five at the back? Uh, do we? Do we need to do that this game, or or was that ended up being did that end up being redundant? I have an opinion about this, but Cork can go first. Well, I was gonna say that um, I I shudder to think what it would have looked like with two center backs against Moreno for Portland, who I thought was really impressive, um, moving all across the forward line, picking up the ball in different spots and making things happen. I think just having the extra man back there might've been what kept him from, you know, really getting one across the line. He ended up feeding uh, the goal even too. So um, I guess, yeah, I'll just kind of use that to say that I thought, I I think he might've been the main reason Portland was able to, you know, kind of take more risks and generate more against us than any other team has at RBA this year. Yeah, I mean, him and Chara, I think, were really kind of... Chara was really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Running those channels against us really well. But here's here's my... Uh, here's an original Peaches take for you. <laughs> um, but I think that there's... Um, I feel like it's a little bit of problem solving. And it, it's like maybe a little too far thought into where... When I was watching the game, all I, w- I, I was very much thinking like, oh, you know, CCJ really stands to benefit like in his kind of double pivot position when there's like that extra center back behind him. Because I'm not really worried about his lack of coverage at that point, but I think he's able to facilitate more of that kind of like no. spraying out like you were saying. But that also kind of hamstrings us in, in different ways. But, you know, that's that's my take on why maybe why the rationale could like I think it suit is, that. I think it is definitely true that Struber knows that you know, the deep midfielders he has are not necessarily the most kind of disciplined and defensive. Yeah. So do so do we did we need another body further up the field instead of having two banks of two? Or is it more of a function of the fact that two of our three forwards were either out injured, either through COVID or whatever Fletcher had, I can't remember. 
Like, it would that have been mitigated or different if Klimala were able to start on Saturday instead of Barlow, who Barlow is, I think, great at positioning and making things happen, but might just not have quite the facilitating or finishing touch. No, I think there were a lot of plays where, um, you know, Kalimala would have been able to mm-hmm. extend things a little more, combine certainly more than Barlow was able to. And, uh, you know, like, like we were just saying, it wasn't the long balls weren't really being played or coming off that much, but it's not like Klamala really goes for those much anyway. So, um, I think Klamala would have offered, offered more of an option to play through the middle and combine a little more than Barlow did, especially because, you know, like I just said, the long balls weren't really on. So, yeah, I felt a lot of that game. I was just like, oh, I really wish Patrick or like even Fletcher were like kind yeah. of facilitating a little bit more because I felt like Barlow was getting to these balls. And it's like, you know, credit to Barlow. He always does his thing. But it's like when I was watching the game, I was just like, man, Barlow's never shown me that he has like it. Bar- Barlow can't be by himself up yeah. top, really. Yeah, and you know, obviously Zach Ryan comes in later, but you know, it, it felt to me not maybe not like that we needed an extra man in the midfield, but like the way we we're facilitating and like the way that our ten and a halves were just like kind of not really in line. There wasn't really a, a structured hurt us a little bit, but you know, I, it's I also I think like we could have used an extra person kind of moving forward. And so Fletcher just had a knock, right? Yeah, muscle tightness, Struber said. Uh, Well, hopefully he's back soon. And do we, it sounds like, I know that before the match, like midweek, they said that Klimala was on the COVID list, but had a chance for making it on Saturday. So it sounds like maybe he tested positive earlier in the week, not right before. So there's a chance he could be back on. Oh, he's he's back. He posted today that he's, he's back in training. Yeah. Oh, okay. He posted a picture of the weight room. Yeah, <laughs> yeah maybe we have just a, a special bubble weight room for all the COVID guys. <laughs> but, well, that'll be good. Um, so I guess, I don't know. I mean, if we want to discuss the goals themselves, my, my take on the Portland goal is that it's a little frustrating because I saw it and I was like, ah, oh, that's the exact kind of goal we should be scoring. Yeah. yeah. I was like, ah, fuck, it looks like we drew that up. The way that they turned, pressed it, turned it over, slid over the side and just slid it near post for their Polish striker to slot it in. I was like, ah, oh, fuck. I know. And it was like, they. I felt like they sensed there was a little bit of vulnerability from the way we were playing out wide and they were sending a lot of crosses and they were a little dangerous before that. And then by the time the goal happened, I was just like, yeah, like kind, kind of felt like it might've happened in like a worst case scenario. And it did because I, I felt like we were, we weren't like really controlling or like dominating over them. But you know, as always, we were clearly the better team, you know, but um, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. It was, it was kind of sucky to watch that happen. And especially because it was so quick, the way that they played. It's like, why can't we just, like, do those, like, passes, you know? Yeah, why couldn't we do that? I mean, I don't know. I guess maybe is, is, is was Portland effectively avoiding those kind of opportunities of the way that they were playing? Were they not dawdling on the ball of the midfield at all? Well, they yeah, they were bypassing our midfield for a lot of it. Um, they, were, they were dumping it to Chara, who was Yimmy Chara, who was showing up in different parts of the field all over to just kind of control it yeah. and then either make a dribble or spray around. 
And uh, it was just kind of, yeah, it seemed like that was sort of their game plan just for him to sort of float around wherever there was space and it was working. You would like to see both Charas. Yeah. Oh, good. I was wondering Diego what happened to Diego. Came he came in in the second half, right? Yeah, because yeah, he's been out injured for a little while. That's exciting. Uh, so, and then our goal scored on a set piece, which is funny because, you know, if you told me, if you just put me on the spot and you're like, how, how are the New York Red Bulls set pieces this year? I would say, eh, better than last year, but I never feel too dangerous or confident on them. But I feel like low key, this is, this is like our third or fourth set piece goal or something this year. Um, well taken and the chance right before it was also very close. Mm-hmm. Um, has Edwards always, has, has he been on the corners consistently when like the, so far this season, whenever he's on the field, he's been over a lot of these free kicks mm-hmm. and like dead balls. I think, you know, he seems to have the, the pace ball of, of the, also like one of our only players who might be able to hit a cross, which kind of sucks cause he plays on your back, but well, yeah, but he's also, it works well. Cause I don't think he's needed He's not particularly tall or dangerous in the air. Right. So it's not like we're missing him in the box on it. And then he's not even, he's not one of the first guys I would pull out to be the emergency emergency defender at the back either. So I think it still kind of works. But um, yeah, it does feel like so many of our crosses this year, we've had a hard time keeping it out of the keeper's hands. But it felt good at least, or it seemed like it was uh, cathartic to have a goal thumped into the back of the net instead of sort of squibbled in at home but it was still kind of messy to get there too but um i mean it's it's, you bring up set pieces and like it was frustrating because we had like one corner or 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 set piece in the first half that we took short and no one was there for that side and felt very do you remember that one oh i remember that on the highway yeah i was reminded of it yeah very frustrating because like it kind of felt emblematic to me of like Maybe not a confidence, but a um, like a uh, just kind of maybe not a, a malaise, but just a lack of focus when when we're playing a, a, a little bit because it, it kind of felt like it was in, uh, endemic to the rest of our game where passes were just like a little bit off, people were going to the wrong foot, and like people were taking a little casual, and that set piece felt a little casual. I mean, but also maybe overthinking a bit at the I same mean, time. Yeah, Struber said after the game, they do not have freedom in the brain. <laughs> and uh, kind of pinpointed it as a little bit of a confidence issue, a little bit of guys being young and sort of overwhelmed by the situation, and a little bit of, uh, I you know, I would hope he thinks of it as sort of something to, you know, do very hands-on coaching for over the course of the year. I mean, it's sort of the Red Bull uh, mantra sort of uh, thing about, you know, just mental processing, just, you know, knowing what you're supposed to do quicker and quicker and quicker as the season goes on and you learn the tactics more and, um, you know, making it somewhat unconscious to feed guys on transition runs and just, you know, put it in on those runs, um, you know, and yeah, Struber sort of diagnosed it as, guys overthinking it yeah. in the meantime so yeah. well and i was gonna say like if it's like a, a stadium or crowd thing like it was a good crowd there and i thought there was a lot of like energy to the support going to the end of the game for us to try to push a win um but you know like 
it also very much felt like the boys like just didn't have the the mindset to get it through. Well, Gerhard, as usual, uh, most of the time, you know, solid analysis. But once again, you know, we're looking for the guy who may have done this, like (laughs) trying to find. And, you know, maybe, you know, I love Jonah Hill's character in Moneyball. Great character in the film. But maybe this is one area we're having some experienced, you know, or maybe like a former pro on the coaching staff instead of a bunch of. 25-year-old German MBA students could be helpful, you know, (laughs) (laughs) to, you know, speak about that sort of aspect of the game. Uh, I don't know if maybe he got a little embarrassed when we noticed Sakaya was hanging around a lot, but I can't, I think it might be more useful for him to lend his expertise to the players rather than uh, Burns' 40-slide presentation, but sorry, Burned. Have we seen an acronym in a while? No, that was we a saw, Carnell special, right? We saw the Formula One track. Oh, but, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Which, I haven't watched the video to see what the metaphor would have been. It's a strange metaphor because it's it's a loop, right? I think so, yeah. A circuit, yeah. yeah. Do you, so it's, it's... It'll repeat itself yeah. again. So I don't really know... But I should, I, you know, maybe maybe it makes sense. Maybe, maybe the full it's a thing. sprint race. I don't know. Still though, it's still it's still it's a loop over and over again. So uh, we'll see. I what was I can't remember Corn- Carnell's final acronym, but maybe he's brainstorming all sorts of local St. Louis acronyms to to really bust out over there. But um, yeah, so. The winless streak at home continues. And the perfect streak away continues yeah. as well. As, uh, as everyone says, win away and draw it home. Thematically, yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree thematically on this that that it just seems to be slightly a mentality and maturity thing. Um, because now that we've talked about it in full, you know, I, I do sort of get it tactically. Um and and how we were just missing two of our three first choice strikers and that does not seem to help and maybe our wide players are not contributing as much as we would prefer and maybe that's the first place we can get in reinforcement that all makes sense to me but yeah it seems like we just need to find a better way to intimidate and just force ourselves to a win at home which is just really frustratingly lacking well we came out of that gate like of this game super aggressive you know and you know I, I thought that we were playing really aggressive and then as game states change and we weren't uh capitalizing on it it just kind of started unraveling a little bit and i think you know then mentality went away obviously you always want to score early but you know which I, makes me reminds me of the set piece thing that you just brought up because it's like yeah maybe fucking david bingham and goal like maybe just, just have just a fucking it's a 20th yeah. minute just fucking like we don't need to also it's i feel like you should like throw in a couple set pieces first to set expectations and then you can do the also it's the not our volo one. league not every free kick is indirect so they could have just you know taken that one yeah I, I, that free kick i was actually like calling I was like why don't why doesn't ccj just have a rip at this one you know like that's a good range for him oh yeah who ended up taking that um, in the first half, you mean? Or, or yeah, first yeah. Half. Uh, Morgan was in the box for that. I was like, oh, he's not even. Yeah, he wasn't on the top. He was on the ball. I yeah. have to say, I was actually, I, I was 
when it ended up being Morgan and Edward standing over it, I was I preferred that. I don't know. I, I it makes sense, but it's just like you know that's that's like one of the instances where I was like, okay, have a rip, and then mm-hmm. you know, not the one at the end that he took, but you know. That. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, frustrating. Uh, what's our next home game? Dallas, Chicago. Wait, no, yeah, In two weeks. Yep, yep. Okay. Okay. Maybe, maybe. I mean, it's gonna. Oh, no, Chicago's gonna come back for revenge. <laughs> it's gonna. It's gonna. That might suit us, though. That's true. We're gonna break the duck eventually, right? Because on the one hand, it's like. I'm sort of resigned to being frustrated about the home thing because it is frustrating. It's it's weird. I I prefer to just win at home despite it uh, still being an excellent place in the table. It's frustrating to watch your good team not be good when you watch them. Yeah. 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 I don't even know, but I don't think it's not even not being good because, I mean, I don't think there's been a game this year where we've been the worst team. No, yeah, yeah. I just mean like it's it's frustrating not to watch your team win when Except you go watch it. I would say yeah. the game where we've struggled the most was New England, but then yeah. and then we, you know, of yeah, that's been that's why I've been to a lot of away games. I think we struggled a decent amount against Columbus. Were we like objectively bit. the worst? No, like as like as in the episode right after I said like I think one one ended up being pretty fair, right? Overall, Minnesota. I think we weren't worse, but I just felt very like we were very naive afterwards. Mm. I'm just tired. I mean, I, the goal that we conceded this week was, I mean, at least we gave up a a classic RBNY goal against ourselves instead of having another Minnesota Montreal type goal. Right. That was getting real annoying. Falling asleep on the second ball. Um, Yeah. I don't know. I mean, maybe, maybe at least, at least, I mean, it does feel it's sort of a sad thing to say, but like it, it, at least we didn't lose this game, you know, point at home. As long as we're winning away, it does feel like at least we're treading water on that front and not just totally pissing away everything. Um, they did celebrate the equalizer, like, pretty strongly. I can imagine. Which is, you know, also in a way frustrating because I wanted to win, but... Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, also maybe this is... I feel like this might be the sort of thing where mid-season acquisitions can also just inject a bit of energy and a perspective into a team as well. Is Conrado going to be the guy that does that? I don't know. But maybe there's someone else, too. It would still be nice to have Tolkien have, like, competition. Yeah, oh, competition yeah. last year. You I know? would still like Conrado Bucanelli holes to, uh, <laughs> to, I learned, it's not Holtz like Lou Holtz. It's holes. Holes. Yeah. Holes. Conradu Bucanelli oh, holes. Oh, yeah. Sorry, I gotta put, Yeah. <laughs> Uh, put the the Portuguese the Brazilian accent on it. When's the when when would that be happening? The summer, but I don't know. Based on the recent track record of when smoke appears about an RBNY transfer rumor and then doesn't for a while, they don't really revive too much lately. Yeah, maybe we can still get Ivan Tony. We'll see. Maybe maybe Kevin's left some of his binders behind. True. Hey, maybe maybe we can get. You know, if if Jesse pulls it off and Everton goes down, maybe we can score with Charlison. <laughs> Leighton Baines. 
<laughs> pull him out. Pull out of retirement. Yeah. Be like, Harrison is just like Merseyside. Don't yeah. worry. You know, it'll feel yeah. like you're at home. It'll be like that movie, that German movie where the guy's grandmother was like a diehard party member in East Berlin. And then after the wall falls, he she like goes into a coma and then wakes up after the wall falls and he's determined to pretend that the that East Germany and the Soviet Union is still up. So like <laughs> does a whole Truman show type thing around her. We're going to do that with Leighton Baines, but in Harrison and yeah. pretending that RBA is Goodison Park. Take, yeah. Take, take him to Coney Island. Oh, it was Blackpool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, you know, like they're 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 closing down Goodison Park and they're building a new stadium, and this is that new stadium. Yeah. You know, don't worry about it. This is since you guys got relegated, but yeah. Um, well, should we discuss Open Cup and then Philly on the weekend? Yeah, got a real got a real regional regional flavor to this week. First, we've got DC on Tuesday. All last episode we said Wednesday, but you get it. You know what I mean. You, Spiritually Wednesday. It's the yeah. same thing. Soccer only happens on two days, Wednesday and Saturday. If you're playing on Thursday, that's also Wednesday. If you're playing on Sunday, it's also Saturday. Monday is basically Sunday, which is Saturday. So, you know, you know what we mean. Um, I know uh, what Batista did a DC preview on IAM, right? Mm. And someone else? And... Gregory Martinez. Gregory Martinez. The, the boy wonder. <clears throat> Excuse me. There we go. There's the cough. Um, what's their deal? They just fired the guy. I, I, I didn't know if they've, if they lost recently or how they've responded. Uh, good question. Um, they. Or who is, do they, do they have a, an interim already lined up? It's, it's the interim is just their law, their longtime assistant coach there. Uh, I guess they're they're Richie Williams. Um, Classic. Wait, is Richie is Richie back with Bob? He's with Bruce. He's with Bruce. Sorry, yeah. It's another episode of Two Hundred Two on Foot Mob. To see I that DC, adding. yeah, DC's won three of their last four, including the Open Cup against that little pissy little ah, Rochester fucked. team. Bob so. Manager Pump. Interim bump, caretaker yeah. bump. Wow. So, oh, they beat Houston. And that new guy that from a Greek guy scored for them. Don't care for that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, that guy's been kind of like tearing it up, apparently. The guy who we were apparently in for before DC was. I was kind of talking shit about him on Twitter, too. Me so too. It's inconvenient for we me. Don't, we don't like when Greek guys score. Only Turks. Oh, I'm not prepared to commit to that take. I need to, I need to, I need to do a lot. I need to open a lot of Wikipedia tabs before I commit to that take. Hold on. I need to really check all my bases. Um, but interestingly enough, Bill Humid subbed out after 49 minutes. Maybe he's hurt. I don't know. Um, are they going to take this seriously? Presumably. Yeah. This what is... else? Yeah. We're going to take this seriously. Are we? Presumably. A team like DC, where their regular season is probably pretty screwed by now, um, will probably see Open Cup yeah, as their saving grace this year. But I mean, it's, I don't think I don't think any professional team just like straight up doesn't try. That's true. So, well, DC are four zero and five, uh, so they've not drawn a single game yet. Even with winning of their three of their last four, they're still only in tenth place. We're away. 
Yep. Yeah. Oh, easy dub. Right. Are they playing at their own stadium? Or are they going to go some, to some weird Maryland no, soccer they're, park? They're playing in their weird little. I mean, their their stadium is already like a weird little Maryland soccer park. So right. It's we, like it's like a Texas high school football stadium. Right. I mean, honestly, it looks a little less nice than a couple that I've been to. Right. <laughs> but, um, yeah. Uh, so. I guess Tuesday to Saturday is a decent layoff too. I assume Drew's going to get a run out. It is. I would think that Klimala probably gets a run out mm. if he's back in training, but I don't know. How would you approach this game on Tuesday? And maybe, maybe the main framing for this is basically, is it, should we prioritize it sort of as, just as important or more important than a league match, or is it sort of an opportunity to rotate a bit, thinking that DC DC might do some rotations as well? I don't see any defensive rotation, though. I think we probably keep the the usual suspects, and the question is just whether or not we do four or five. And this is a Tuesday-Saturday turnaround? Yeah. So... hmm. This would be, a, if we had another left back, this would be a good opportunity to maybe play him and get a little bit of fire under Tolkien's feet. So Jason Pendant's story. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, yeah, we, I mean, I mean like, Morgan, Morgan supposedly prefers his left foot as ambidextrous as he is. So maybe huh. we see something where he comes in for Tolkien and, you know, it's Dylan and or Tom on the right side. I would, it would be interesting to see Tom. Edwards play a fullback position. Hasn't he? Hasn't time. he done that this season once? Yeah, he has. Just he has. once mm-hmm. yeah. in the four man. Yeah, I think yeah. this also seems like a good opportunity to give Nealis a start. Dylan Nealis a start. Oh, yeah, that's true. I I don't think he was that bad either. Well, right. I think he's he wasn't in, the problem. I think he's in need of confidence just mm-hmm. generally, even beyond Saturday. And uh, a cup game could be a good venue for that. And then if if we need to make a change, we. Definitely not. Wait, to do did that. he come out in the game just for tactical reasons or because he was hurt? Do you know? On Saturday? Yeah. Oh, he did look kind of fucked up. Um, Has there been a report on that? I don't know. Actually, yeah. I've, I've, right when we went to go play our game just now, I saw a blurb come up that Edwards might be injured, but I didn't look into it until just Nealis, remembering it. Edwards. Edwards. That's well, interesting. I would like to see a four-four fucking two. It wouldn't surprise me if maybe. Oh, so Omir hasn't started for a couple games now, right? Yeah, I wouldn't. Not the last one. Wouldn't so surprise me to get in. Omir go in and maybe give Lucinius a bit of a rest. Maybe put him in late if need be. Uh, Frankie's been our kind of work hard, workhorse so far, but frankly, I don't really see a replacement for him right now. I mean, especially with CCJ out suspended for this one. Uh, so I think it's going to have to be Frankie and and Drew mm-hmm. in the middle. So I think then you have... Unless we see Daniel Edelman. Yeah. Depending on how much rotation you're talking I mean, about. I mean, Zach Ryan, we didn't talk about him. He looked pretty good uh, in that game. Good. Do you think, do you think Strubert pulled the trigger on a... I'm getting him a start on Tuesday. I feel like we've gotten so much rotation up top thus far that nobody's gassed. 
Yeah, it, like it doesn't even really matter. Like, <laughs> yeah. You can set any of anybody up there. Everybody's been playing sixty uh, average sixty minutes. That's so. true. This, <laughs> this is a spreadsheet been... coaching coming into action. Finally. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> load management. <laughs> yeah. Well, in any case, I expect us to beat them and go through. What is this? The round of thirty-two. Thirty-two. Yeah. All right, then we can get into the quarters. Is after that, right? Mm-hmm. All right. Sweet sixteen. How how long how long does the regionalization last? I think this, this is, is the last, last season. time. Last year, or the last round, or yeah. La- yeah, but this is the last round. After this, I we get so. on with anyone. I think so. All right, fancy that. Um, yeah, let's win in regulation, fellas. Let's do it. Let's, let's go through. Easy. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not scared of hell. I could eat. Yeah. Exactly. Do the, are the boys practicing penalties this week? Do you think? Yeah, probably are every week. It made that does just make me wonder. I don't even know how good at penalties we are, but it also just makes me wonder about the end of last season. I think you know. I, I like. I, I really would have liked our chances and penalties there. <laughs> I think. Yeah. I think it would have worked. No use bringing up old wounds, Brit. Well, I mean, we're playing. We're going to Chester again this weekend. Yeah. So. Uh, it really does feel like I was just there watching a game. Well, it's also I think it's particularly pronounced because those were like the two away trips we did last year. Yeah, the beginning of the season and the end of the season. Both times it was a little colder than I would have liked, but not not like fully cold. This weekend should be nice, right? Both times there was a profound sense of loss. Yeah, first from Aaron Long and then from. Uh, the, the playoff loss. The sting, yeah. Uh, so, you know, maybe we can go and continue our revenge tour a bit. It looks like we have successfully actually torpedoed New England season. They're all a mess. I guess Pumas also did that. But in t- typical Pumas, like, who, who else? It would be Pumas who is the first team that, to lose to an MLS team in a final. It really makes sense. Um, but... I, I fully expect to go full out on Saturday against Philly, and I would probably expect Morgan to be right wing back in that, and then have our usual three center backs, and then Tolkien. I guess the only question there is, I, I it seems like it changes week to week for what our preferred setup is in the front four or five, um, but I ideally would like to see Klimalis start against Philly in Chester. Um, and just kind of go for it from the jump. And I think, yeah, we can do that both on Tuesday and Saturday this week. And we should. Agreed. Not too much to it, I don't I don't think. And yeah, realistically, I don't think we're going to see any change in the token, token in the near future. Um, but I, I always enjoy Yearwood and Amaya side by side. Um, so we'd love to see that in back-to-back games on the road. I expect us to win both, honestly. I, I'm, I'm excited for the Philly game. I think that'll be really good. Um, I also just, you know, fresh off of the way things ended last year, but <clears throat> these are both just two teams in like in good form, so it'll be a really fun game to watch. We'll be playing for first place in the conference. Yeah, exactly. Ooh. I also was sleeping on the fact that Montreal is in third. Right yeah. Yeah. What the hell? Yeah, they've they've been kicking ass ever since they finished Champions League. Goal differential of negative. Oh wait, no one. Goal differential all over the place is a bit wild though. The, I feel I feel like the boys are like, the, the, away at Philly seems like the type of thing they would get up for, and it feels like you know as we're talking about the season is uh, 
we got to find them a reason to get up for stuff. Um, so I'm, I feel pretty good about these okay. upcoming games. We'll get some, some nice rest at the Baymont Inn and Suites in Newark, Delaware, where I'm sure they'll be staying on Wednesday through Friday. And they can go stop at the Popeyes. On yeah, the, they can go to the Arthur Treacher's Fish and Chips at the rest stop. Delaware Visitor Center. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do they, do they go all the way to Newark, Delaware? Is that where they stay? I'm just joking because that's where I stayed in a hotel last week. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but Wait, it, is, thought, it is right in the middle. Just on your way back? Yeah. Okay, yeah. I was like, yeah. God, yeah, I've never I've never spent the night in Delaware. I've only passed through in that little corner. Mm-hmm. Well, joke's on you because Cork doesn't have to pay taxes this year because he Yeah, did that. exactly. I'm, oh, I'm, yeah. I'm now an, an NBNA executive. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I was it to see the largesse of our our uh, Caudillo Brandon Biden. Yeah, <laughs> was it everything you dreamed of? Yeah, I was. I was. I was in the 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 parking lot that America sprung from. Oh, the wow. first the first state. Yeah, the first parking lot. <laughs> the first parking lot of the first state. That's so true. They're, they're <laughs> the from the beginning. They're the state that was best at doing paperwork. Yeah. So really <laughs> true to form. But really, maybe I guess we haven't decided if we're going down on Saturday. But we got to figure out if that Roy Rogers is open or if it's haunted still, or both. Last time we went down, it was closed. Really. Also, last time we were just trying to get food on the way back from Chester was. Yeah, there was the... Yeah. We got to commit to Cracker Barrel, the broke, I think. The broken Cracker yeah. Barrel, yeah. America was in a bad place at that time. <laughs> <laughs> it's still... It's still <laughs> is a little bit overall. Cracker Barrel was a little fucked. The Perkins was more upbeat, but still kind of overall Fuck, fucked. Bad vibes, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you know... Pop- I feel like, yeah, I feel like if Red Bulls had won that playoff game, Cracker Barrel would have been the fucking spot. Hey, yeah, you know yeah. what? That Popeye's is open now. Oh, true. Yeah. 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 Popeye's across <laughs> from the Perkins. <laughs> bite, bite your fucking tongue. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to drive by it. It's going to still say opening tomorrow. They're no. still training. Yeah. Yeah. It's just going to look like that Taco Bell and we're just going to end up going to Perkins. Yeah. It's a Potemkin Popeye's. <laughs> yeah. You know, meant to just lure people in. But... <laughs> God, I don't know. The sirens of the chicken sandwich. I want to. I kind of want to make this trip now to conduct this, you know, ethnographic study to determine the health of the nation. They're supposed but, to. Be, you know what? You know what's launching apparently in South Jersey this year? Mm-hmm. Bojangles. Oh shit! God. It really is the beginning of the yeah, South. Then. Yeah, Raisin Cane's taking Manhattan, and Bojangles coming. Oh yeah, right when up, is Kane's right up on the shoulder. And you know, is there uh, an expected I'll, I'll, date? I will know. Okay. I will let you know. Can we yeah. go together as a? There's gonna be there's, we'll, there's gonna be one at Times Square and one at Aster. <laughs> we will IRL stream on oh, Twitch the opening. Aster. Yeah. Is it going uh, in where the, the, the old Kmart was? It's going in where the old Walgreens was, across the street from the Kmart. Oh, oh, nice. Wow. That's that's a real prestige spot. That's appropriate because we had some uh, chicken tendies today. Yeah, I was gonna yeah. say, what's the what's the word on the smash burger? I give it a seven out of ten. Yeah, know? good salt, solid, like good breading. Not remarkable, but the chicken was juicy. I gotta be honest, it was too hot to really even taste it by the time I, I just... I <laughs> yeah, just tendies just, can't be too hot. I just committed to it before yeah. I could even actually taste any it of it. It was right out of the fryer. Yeah. Yeah. I've never had cans. I've had the... 
like local college station texas version of canes which was excellent i guess the so. next the next shark tooth of uh of goodness to come up north like bucky's is opening up in south carolina this week whoa so they're gonna be that means they'll be in jersey by like early 2023 right so, yeah all right bucky's yeah <laughs> i thought bucky's was like I don't know. I guess maybe you don't rep it as much. Uh, so if you're okay, so from your um, analytics and your charts, mm-hmm. what, what are your expected reach for Waffle House in Southern Jersey? Waffle House is just kind of stalled at like you know the Mason Dixon line for like a it's while. It's achieved stasis. Yeah, yeah. like Waterburger. Waterburger is also staying tight, keeping to its own. They have a, a entente. You know, to not encroach too I much. Went, I actually went. Yeah, I went to a Waffle House a couple of weeks ago in West Virginia, which had to have been one of the most northernmost ones mm. out there, and didn't, didn't seem like they were ready to take more turf. So I think we see signs sometimes when we go down to DC games, and we're like, you know, maybe. But Bucky's is all right. It's just, I mean, in my memory, they don't really have any signature food. It's just sort of a ginormous truck stop and i feel like it it was more endearing when the main thing about buck is is that when you entered texas or no when you were like on the freeway in florida there would be a billboard that says like bucky's three thousand miles away which mm. is sort of funny and now there's one all over the place and they're enormous and now every every uh you know jim toff guy who moves <laughs> to austin is like oh, i love bucky's it's so cool i'm like all right all right i was actually told uh going through philly that uh Wawa's is overrated, apparently, and I still haven't set foot in a Wawa. Well, I would so. say I've I've done Wawa's all right, but I've also done Sheets, and I was really impressed by Sheets. <laughs> so, and Sheets is I think only like in the Lehigh, no, to the whatever valleys to the west. Yeah, like Reading. Yeah, yeah. I know Publix is a, a bigger market form, but they also have good sandwiches there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just fuck Florida though. Never, yeah. ever, you know, um, like. There's so many. Yeah, we're, we're going to, yeah. We'll, yeah, this we'll is figure, a different we'll, podcast. Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> oh, this, is the main this, is, this is a preview of next week's podcast. So. <laughs> this is the main event when we play Philly now. It's just to <laughs> sort of, this is like Tocqueville wandering yeah, across exactly. America. <laughs> dictating the spirit of the democracy. Uh, and then anyway, the Red Bulls won 3-1. That's yeah. the, the last final page of yeah. that. Uh, till then, I guess. Hey, Charlie!